Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. In our politics lead, another day, another accusation of George Santos being a mendacious con man was taking advantage of a homeless veteran trying to get money to help his dog? Well, that's what it certainly sounds like. He seemed uncomfortable and nervous and fidgety. So that's when I started getting suspicious. I dare anybody to stand up and try to cancel me. Dare, dare. George Santos, part three. Let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters, the podcast that gives you the scams you love from the fraudsters we hate. I'm your co-host, Sina Gazdavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Fam, we're so deep. Two parts in. Oh, baby. <laughs> this is what I live for. Three parts of George Santos. Ah! Hours of Santos. I was going to say I feel like I'm inside of him, but I don't think that's appropriate to say. So no, I'm not this going is to what's that. inside my brain. <laughs> Just trying to be like Georgie. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? What if there's copycat crimes? <laughs> yeah, copycat I'm Georgies? I, you know what? I, I identify with him because I am also every ethnicity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ethnically ambiguous. People yeah. probably don't know what you are either, right? I don't. I barely know what I am. It's fine. I had to do that. You do one of those DNA things? Keep it a mystery. Uh, my dad did. So I know about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number one listener back. of the pod. I'm 1% indigenous Amazonian. Ooh. I don't know if you guys knew that. I think it, now I do. It's because I did all that ayahuasca, I think. But oh. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. got in my DNA. So, okay. somebody, somebody in Iran got really off track at some point in your family <laughs> history. Yes. <laughs> Come, this is the right way. No, trust me, everything will be fine. One <laughs> percent like, of your DNA. <laughs> All right, so we've detailed the legal crimes, but haven't gotten anywhere near his moral crimes. Good people can do bad things, and sometimes even bad people can do good things. But here we have neither. We simply have a bad person who is only capable of doing bad things, and there's no argument for moral ambiguity in the way that Santos lives. Much like his hero, the reigning indictment king of Florida and New York, Donald Trump, the bad never had to battle to win over George's decision-making. I can't stress enough 
how many bullshit lies we haven't even covered yet. There were so many that uh, we literally just had to make this episode to capture all of them. My goal for last episode was to really show you how he became elected and how he got indicted, right? But this, we, we had to skip all this fun stuff, especially the puppy charity. Where he claimed to be a T-Rex for a week and a half. Yeah, <laughs> and I believed him. <laughs> uh, I, w- I was part of a secret karate battalion in the uh, uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. Him and Steven Seagal teamed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was president of the NAACP for many years, yes. Um, it's good. So this puppy charity, guys. I mean, I talked about it. I teased it a couple of times, but it's, I mean, such a fucking problem. And it didn't come out of nowhere. He was doing work in that space. But here is where his life stops being simply a fabrication of a man desperate to be something more than he was and starts to become criminal. Friends of Pets United held a few charity functions and made some small donations to other groups. In one case, he set up a benefit for a woman's farm and charged 50 bucks per entry, claiming his charity was looking to use the farm for rescue operations, and they were raising money for that. Can you imagine? Come on in. Come on in. 50 bucks. We're raising the money. We're going to have a beautiful thing. It's going to be a beautiful sanctuary for the doggies. Yeah, I do that at the club. <laughs> I charge people $50 to get in, and then I pocket it. And then the bouncer comes over. It's like, what the hell? I'm the bouncer. <laughs> and he's like, wait, I got, f-. and the bouncer's like, I got fired? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then we, we split it. I give him like 10%. I appreciate the fact that this industry has become progressive <laughs> enough to not have an intimidating man at the door. <laughs> but there's not many lines of work for 350 pound, six foot eight guys who are not involved in professional sports. That's right. So wouldn't you know it, though, they raised thousands of dollars. They got a, you know, a little bit of a connection from GoFundMe. And Santos kept it all and never did a thing. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you don't know. Wait, wait. Yeah. You don't know what, if he, what he has planned. Maybe he kept it you all and he has, he has something right. in the pipeline. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I am sorry. Think about what you say before you say it, Cena. I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. He set up another GoFundMe. For a disabled vet service dog who needed <laughs> surgery for a life-threatening tumor. That's so oh, evil. No. Let it. It's like, how do I make how do I make scamming a puppy scam worse? It's like uh, also defrauding a veteran. Like that's also I'll add that to it. He really makes it hard for me to defend him sometimes. He really does. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, the vet was living in a... Oh, Jesus Christ, guys. He's living in a tent by an abandoned chicken coop and suffered PTSD. George Santos, like white Brazilian savior, made a GoFundMe and, and it worked. And they raised just over the needed $3,000, which George Santos pocketed. Sean King says that this is yeah this a bril- is a brilliant move. I don't yeah, see what's wrong is, with it. This is very Sean King coded. <laughs> it's the patriotic version of Sean. King. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do, <laughs> do you like America and and a man's dog? I gotta go fund me for you. The dog died in less than a year after not getting the surgery. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to vomit. This is so awful. This is, I mean, taking advantage of vulnerable people. I mean, what? We we got sick dogs and disabled vets. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. All right. I tried. You did. You did. did. You lasted, you know, two episodes. And then I knew the. (laughs) This is why I didn't bring up this puppy charity in the last episode. It would have derailed everything. I know. It's it's also about the Republican Party. Like, it's how the Republican Party's changed. If this would have been the early 2000s, could you imagine what the reaction uh, would have been from the... It's like the, like the Bush Republican Party. That This guy would be so out of there for just this alone, like defrauding a veteran. Okay, here we go. Ready? Nancy Reagan, right? Looking at George Santos after he does a disabled vet dog scam. Like, yeah. you're toast. Yeah. It's like, bro, you can't ever come around here again. Like they would, you know, they would oust him. Remember Trading Places where Dan Aykroyd's trying to go back and hang out with the rich people? Yeah. That's the way they would have treated George Santos. (laughs) (laughs) He would be standing in a Santa costume on the street, banging on the walls of like the Four Seasons. (laughs) Mortimer is a dollar. You win. (laughs) All right, let's go to our first clip. Jake Tapper, who I love. From CNN, different feelings about CNN, but Jake Tapper does a good does good work. Here's a clip of him talking about George Santos and his, uh, his $3,000 dog fraud. In our politics lead, another day, another accusation of George Santos being a mendacious con man. Today, the embattled New York Republican congressman is denying claims that he used a fake animal charity to con two military veterans, allegedly stealing $3,000 Santos helped raise for life-saving treatment for one of the veterans' beloved and dying service dogs, Sapphire. CNN's Eva McKen joins us with details on this awful story. I mean, he, he literally was taking advantage of a homeless veteran trying to get money to help his dog? Well, that's what it certainly sounds like, Jake. The Navy veteran was connected with Santos, who at the time, as our viewers know by now, he goes by different names, was going by different names. He was going by the name Anthony DeVolder. Rich Ossoff's dog, Sapphire, had a tumor. Santos posted on Facebook using the name George DeVolder, so another name there, soliciting funds through GoFundMe for the vet and his dog. Now, the Facebook post, Santos wrote in part, said, will you help this baby and her daddy stay together for a few more years? Does he not deserve to have her? Let's all come together to help this family of two stay healthy. But when Ossoff, he tried to retrieve the money, he just kept getting the runaround from Santos. And Santos never transferred the $3,000 to the veteran. Now, Santos told the news outlet Semaphore that this story first reported by Patch was fake and that he had no clue who this is. And CNN reached out to Santos as well. We will uh, tell you when we hear back from him. But it, it sounds very devastating, Jake. Eva, what do police have to say? What does GoFundMe have to say? And I hesitate to ask because I think I know the answer. Whatever happened to Sapphire? So Sapphire unfortunately died about six months uh, after. Oh, my God. Sapphire died, guys. That is the thing. And I, I always find it funny when, like, uh, a guy like Jake Tapper, who's like, you know, he's like a real journalist or whatever. He's got to, like, say say these things. He's got to, like, report this kind of level news. Like, what happened to Sapphire? She's dead, she's dead Jim. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a sad story. Yeah. Mendacious con man. Yeah, I like that. Mendacious. I like that word. Might be too big for America. Yeah, it's too big, but I like it. Here's another news clip from ABC 7 New York with screenshots of text between Santos and the vet 
Rich Ostoff. <laughs> he actually texted the guy, too. What a mod- sociopathic monster. <laughs> what a mendacious con man, you mean. Santos exclusively sending me these two photos, screenshots, in response oh, to my tweet. Cute dog. My tweet was in response to his, denying a claim that he scammed a once homeless veteran from New Jersey out of $3,000 to save the vet's from Jersey. service dog. When the money was there, I wanted to go back to the vet. He wouldn't let me have the money to go to the veterinarian. I started getting angry with him. We argued back and forth a little bit, uh, text messages. Santos tweeting, the reports that I would let a dog die is shocking and insane. My work in animal advocacy was the labor of love and hard work. Over the past 24 hours, I have received pictures of dogs I helped rescue throughout the years, along with supportive messages. I responded, asking him to share the pictures and messages. He gave me two text message screenshots with pictures seemingly of the same dog. One dated from last May with a photo of a brown dog and a text saying, how did you forget about me after saving me? And another photo text without a date, also showing a similar brown dog. One message seemingly sent to Santos under the picture saying, your buddy says hi. Santos' possible response saying, he looks so good. The sender apparently texting, hang in there, we need you in there. It's not clear who texted Santos, but the congressman is now back in New York. You guys, I'm starting to think that George Santos is not a good guy. Well, listen, Ariel, don't jump to conclusions. Okay. I'm just like, I'm just starting to get this feeling. I mean, listen to that feeling. Okay. But but don't listen too hard. Okay. Okay. Okay, Let's just take it slow. All right. We're going to take it one one little one pup, scam at a time one puppy yeah. fraud at a time okay one text message to a veteran at a time saying that their dog is so cute because and in november 2017 he bought over fifteen thousand dollars worth of puppies from several amish breeders with bad checks fucking <laughs> <laughs> just ripping off the amish great people the amish by the way oh, no. make they make great furniture that he sold those puppies as, quote, animals in need of adoption for money. Oh, my God. Oh, no. These scalping puppies out there. Oh, my God. Like Yankee tickets. God. Two dogs. I want to die. Oh, I'm stressed out now. And he's also defrauding the Amish, too, now. Just whoever can get it. That's what, that's what George Santos like, says. By the time they get to the bank on their horse and buggy, he's already sold these puppies and made his money, and he's out of there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Amish dog breeder. Let's uh, go to the CNN clip. Oh, my God. He seemed uncomfortable and nervous and fidgety. So that's when I started getting suspicious. His instinct was correct. These are nine checks from November 2017. The name on each of them? George Santos. The checks to buy puppies obtained by CNN were written to Fred and other Amish dog breeders. They total more than $15,000. Oh, the memo says puppies. Fred says the man he then simply knew as George came with a female assistant and they cut their deal in this very room we're standing in, the milk house. He says the man wanted two German shepherds. He says, okay, we're going to take that puppy and that puppy. And his assistant grabs the two puppies, takes them out the door. And he pulls out a check. I was like, oh no, is this guy going to pay me with a check? But then I was very suspicious. Because she, you told me before, she put the dogs in the car, correct? Right. Before they paid for them. Right. So you're suspicious because he's going to pay with a check and you don't right. take checks. 
And I told him I, I don't take checks. He's Amish. I can take his cash. <laughs> well, he said, would you expect me to carry enough of cash to buy a bunch of puppies on a trip like this? I do not have cash. The only thing I can give you is a check. Well, I thought to myself, it looks like I'm done. You're stuck. I'm stuck. Because the dogs are already in the car. The dogs are in the car. <laughs> you thought they pulled a fast one on you. Right. And uh, it was obvious to me by that time they probably pulled a fast one on me. So you said, through the goodness of your heart, I take it, that you'll take the check. I said, I decided a check is better than nothing. I'll give it a try. And oh. the results of that try? The check bounced. The check bounced, right. And then you were charged a fee, too, for a depositing a... Bad check. check. Right. Have you gotten the money back? No. Have you heard from anybody about it? No. Mr. Santos? Just three days after all these puppies were purchased, Santos participated in an adoption event at a pet supply store in Staten Island, New York. Oh, my God. Of the German Shepherds. That man, Daniel Avisato, tells CNN he wrote a check for a few hundred dollars to Santos' pet rescue charity following the event, but says he later saw his check online and that someone crossed out the charity name and wrote Anthony DeVolder, another name that Santos has used. You've got to be kidding me. Two whole episodes. I was so on board with all of his scammery. Right. I let him get away with it. And you waited till the third episode to give me puppy fraud? This is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. And this poor Amish guy has to do a TV thing, which I'm pretty sure is against his religion because he's not even showing yeah. on camera. Like he's yeah. like a witness yeah. protection. Yeah, Jebediah has been <laughs> excommunicated for being on CNN and for losing our puppies. This guy's awful. Could you imagine driving to Amish country as like, we have some marks out here. Like that's like, the yeah. level. <laughs> like this guy's like <laughs> insanely evil. Yeah, he's diabolical. Yeah, like driving to like remote communities and being like. Rubbing his hands. Nothing. They don't know nothing about <laughs> And no checks. They don't know nothing about. They don't know about no bad checks yet. They don't have electricity. They can't read. Read about me. Can't even do credit card. Yeah. Got to do the bad check. All right. So for another event, he set up a five dollar raffle for a dinner cruise and Broadway tickets for the actually legit rescue shelter Adora Bully Paws and Claws in the Bronx. He told the rescue that he made thousands and gave them a check for four hundred dollars, which is weird in two ways. Why not just say you only made $400? Probably because in Santos's mind, he needed to be both rich and successful. One doesn't necessarily work without the other. <sighs> now he now he's scamming the Bronx. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> now it's come full circle. It's yeah. like, oh, this, this is a place that helps like all these pit bulls and stuff like that. Because if you know about like, you know, like the Bronx and like Newark and stuff, all the rescue dogs are pit bulls. Yeah. So now you're scamming. A poor pit bull in the Bronx without a home. The, the levels of low here. That's the puppy fraud. When we come back, we've got more stuff on his resume that we will. Oh, God. I just, you know, folks, stick around. There's plenty more scamming when we come back. Imagine you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, your red light therapy session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. 
New red light therapy now available. Featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. All right, welcome back to Fraudsters. Woo! Emotional after all that puppy fraud. Ariel is reflecting on a lot of things right now. I'm hurting, you know, yeah. as a person who formerly was the president of the George Santos fan club. <laughs> I feel well, this, like I didn't do enough research, which is this, what he was hoping, right? He's hoping that I don't do the research. Yeah, he's banking on that. <laughs> uh, God. Maybe this will this will help you out a little bit because this is something you, you can always love. Okay. From February 2011 to January 2014, he said he worked at Citigroup as an asset manager associate, which the company claimed was a position that he just made up and that no such position even exists. I'm back on board, baby. <laughs> <laughs> when, I handle financial fiduciary responsibility <laughs> management at the Citigroup. Uh, you know, my job is algorithm uh, management, management consultant, uh, accounts payable. I'm a portfolio manager, strategist, analyst. <laughs> Look out. I'm a stocks, bonds, and funds. Attendant <laughs> at the dispensary department of <laughs> Citigroup LLC. You know what? Matter of fact, why are you asking me so many questions? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> when normal people lie, they, they take their time. They fret about what they're going to lie. And they agonize over the believability. It doesn't seem like Santos, though, is one of these people. He didn't even do enough research to list a real position. <laughs> Citigroup has hundreds of thousands of employees. You could have picked any job, Georgie. You did zero research. But that's the beauty of it. Yeah, Glassdoor.com will even give you their average salary. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he didn't stop there from January 2017 to August 2017. He said he worked at Goldman Sachs as a project manager. Okay, that's a reasonable that's job title. Job. Yeah. And while he was there, he doubled revenue growth from 300 million to 600 million because project managers always are the revenue kings. <laughs> See what I like about him and his lies, right? Is that they're like it's it's like jazz, you know? It's a little yeah. freestyle, it's abstract art, you know? You're it's not like doing any scatting. real research. It's like it is like scatting. Project manage boop. Asset manage boop. <laughs> One man being responsible for doubling revenue growth for Goldman Sachs would have put him on the cover of Forbes. Yeah, yeah. It's just like such an outrageous lie. Here's the here's the funniest one. As a special skill, you know, normal people with special skills, Microsoft Office, like like Adobe Creative Cloud. He put yeah. currency and coin counter. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I put that on my resume when I was nine. <laughs> I'd be counting currency. 
What are Incredible. your special skills? I count money. <laughs> That's the only special skill I have. I get money. I get money and I count it. All right, so let's let's go to this other clip. Oh my lordy. He talks about the lies on his resume and how they stem from the quote, the truth. Okay, get ready for the strap in, folks, mm. for the truth. I don't think anyone's ready for the truth. Look, um, I, I didn't outright lie um, about my work experience. Uh, actually, I'm fairly well-rounded in the financial markets and capital markets. I've been doing it for a very long time. Um, but I'll take you back to the beginning. So yeah. Yeah. I, I worked as a customer service agent for six, seven months of my life or so, eight maybe, if in some, at some Nine. point in 2011, 2012. Ten. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not ashamed of it, Sky. But the moment I put that on a resume and I put it out there, elitists like the New York Times like to call blue collar jobs like that odd jobs because, you know, it just doesn't fit their uh, bourgeoisie style lifestyle. So it's, it's those expectations and those negative connotations from elitist organizations such as the New York Times that lead people like me who I've, I'm very comfortable in saying I come from poverty. I, I, I come from a family of absolute nothing and I've worked really hard to get where I am today. Um, and the reality is, is yes, I, I omitted like past employment history that was irrelevant to the role. Although one can argue customer service is pretty important for members of Congress, but I guess they just don't see it that way. Um, and, and, uh, you know, for, for a poor use of words, maybe instead of, explicitly explaining i worked for linkbridge investors as the vice president of the firm and we were responsible for capital introduction relationships between lps and gps via conferences and direct uh one-on-one connection <laughs> so this is where i go this is where i i I believe I used a poor word use of words, but I did work in the industry for a number of years. I did deliver <laughs> on those uh, uh, negotiations. I did deliver on those relationships. I did do work with all the institutions I've mentioned prior and more. I mean, I could have just listed if I was trying to really oh, I could have lied even more. the people like everybody keeps saying, I could have just listed you know, bigger, just as big names. But, you know, we did work with companies like Deloitte, Blackstone, Equity International, famously founded by Sam Zell. So, you know, I didn't do that. Brazzers. Um, but these are all <laughs> organizations I've worked with either on the GP side, which is general partner, uh, or the LP, which is a limited partner. GPs rate looking for money for their funds, LPs allocating money into funds. I like how he like explains like a basic term. He'd be like, so finance involves the dealing with money. Now, yeah. you may not know that because that is an industry term. But if you look at my record, I have a GPLP via Zoom <laughs> where I have delivered several measurable goals of billionaire boy status. I am a part of the Six Sigma. You may not know what that means. That is all of the Greek letters of the alphabet, all six of them. That's fancy industry talk. For... <laughs> yeah, like that's so weird. Like, it's like... It's like if you work at a fast food place and then someone from Goldman Sachs comes in and orders a Big Mac. And you're like, I did work with Goldman Sachs. 
and you're That's, like this is what men do on online dating apps all the time <laughs> this is just regular degular you're like yeah i work for goldman sachs i i, I serve at goldman sachs i also am a chef at the king of burgers like yeah it's just embellishment there's some truth like, there is a sprinkle there's some truth in there sprinkle somewhere. how a, what like a, atomic a, level a dust, size a dusting <laughs> of a truth somewhere Ah, still looking for that. Ah, jeez. <laughs> All right, so th that's the puppy fraud. That is the, uh, the the resume fraud. There was something that we didn't talk about as well, and that was in uh, 2017. He was skimming credit cards at ATMs, which is not <laughs> easy. It's not like a open box type of thing. You could just start doing it. It's pretty One sophisticated. Of He's a him. sophisticated guy, which speaks yeah. to our theory that this is a familial thing. Yes. Like he was trained in the dark arts as a child. Yes. Or he was exposed to it early That's on. That's my theory. Still this running with it. that theory. One of Santos's associates, Gustavo Trelha, sorry if I mispronounced that name, turned on Santos after getting caught attempting to rig an ATM with a card skimming device. Police had found a FedEx package from George with his address on it in Trelha's car. How did that happen? What happened? It was Trella's address, too, considering they were both on the lease. But Trella was presumably on a work trip in Seattle placing skimmers. Trella claimed on the stand that he earned $100 a day by identifying and removing skimmers by some criminal organization with ties to Brazil. So Santos went to Trella's arraignment in Seattle, which he had to fly to, and he said he was family friends with him through their parents. That's a lie. They had met a year ago on a Facebook group for Brazilians living in Orlando. He told the judge <laughs> that he was an aspiring politician and that he worked for Goldman Sachs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some audio of uh, George Santos speaking to the uh, King County Superior Court in Seattle. This is from Politico. Tell me your name. So what do you do for work? You work for Goldman Sachs in New York? All right, so some of that you may not have been able to hear. So that was because there was a translator there in the courtroom translating into Portuguese for uh, Gustavo. And so that but basically he's saying, yeah, I'm a, a aspiring politician working for Goldman Sachs. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a long term stay for this guy. Uh, and there, it's just really it makes no sense. Even the judge is kind of suspect on it. I don't know. I just like uh, dropping in a trial. I work for Goldman Sachs, too. It's like yeah. not, also not helpful. Like, theoretically. I mean, it's, on, it's only helpful if you have the complexion for the protection. Like, I can't ever imagine a scenario in which I was just like, oh, by the way, I work at Goldman Sachs. And the judge would be like, well, I guess that means that you won't be going to jail today, Justin. So what's weird, though, is that in reality, his job at the moment was being a criminal informant for the Seattle police in this case. Santos got out unscathed, and Trellhaus served seven months in jail and was then deported back to Brazil. Ugh. Ariel, what were you going to say? I was going to say that, like like we said before, he will say that he works at a place to try to get the other person to maybe feel bad for him or, or 
be on his side kind of thing. Yeah. So maybe the Goldman Sachs thing was was kind of like Justin said, like, oh, well, if I'm a white guy that says I work for Goldman Sachs, if I do get, um, you know, put in jail for this, they'll put me in the nice jail. Yeah, put me oh, in the nice yeah. jail or even just the fact that you virtue signal in a certain way yeah, uh, yeah. in the room. The judge does uh, Goldman Sachs in New York. Yes, uh, exactly. You saw that? <laughs> that like, moment he's like, so New York? Ooh, New York like, City? Like, the big like, city, baby? The big, big apple? <laughs> you know, uh, the wife and I were there last week. We saw the Lion King. Is that near? Is that near where Goldman Sachs? Have you seen the Lion King? If you if you know one thing about Goldman Sachs executives, especially the big New York City ones, is that they spend a lot of their time skimming cash off of ATMs <laughs> and bulletproof Chinese restaurants in Orlando. <laughs> since then, Trelha has sworn since that that Santos was the mastermind behind the whole operation. There's actually a whole document about this. He claimed that Santos had taught him how to do it and supplied him with the gear that he kept in a warehouse in Orlando. Trelha would do the dirty work and Santos would split the profits with him 50-50. I mean, what's left to do after you narrowly escape jail to criminal activities? Penance? No. George was emboldened by the experience. It was time. George needed to get into public office. And this is when he starts making his moves. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up all the kind of weird other scams. And we'll get to my favorite scam well it's not even a scam really it's his own show that he had <laughs> talking gop we'll be right back after this welcome back okay now there are some frauds that Again, they're so random that we don't know how he had as a through line to any of them, but we could only assume that some of these frauds he co-opted from other people, that he was inspired like any other artiste by the work of masters before him. He's an artist. Abstract art, baby. <laughs> like a Dada impressionists. <laughs> the one... That we could talk about first is the Joe Exotic fraud. We all know Joe Exotic from the, the Tiger King. Is that yes. right? What yeah. a time. Yes. Tiger King has made its way into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a spinoff of, of just Tiger King now. <laughs> Joe Exotic fraudulently claimed to have had prostate cancer. Upon further investigation, it turned out he had a bad herpes outbreak. While not much is known about Santos's herpes situation, he claimed to have had a brain tumor, a claim that was never substantiated. No record of five months of chemotherapy, no record of a week in the hospital to recover from brain surgery. There may be no records because he just let the tumor win. <laughs> His brain being one giant tumor would explain a lot of this. There's like that uh, John Travolta movie where he's got the tumor. He's like the farmer and he's getting smarter all the time. Yeah. What's that movie? It's like... Uh, it's not a like tumor. The one, yeah, where he starts being able to heal his like telekinesis for a little bit by the end of it. Yeah, that would be pretty sick. And when you get cancer, you get superpowers. Phenomenon. Phenomenon, yeah. Wow. You, you, you should watch I, that, Ariel. That no. may show up on Tubi, though. Oh, it will. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. That's why I always tell people that yeah, it's like, uh, you know, what is that uh, big herpes on your lip or on your genitals? And I go, oh, that's the brain cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that, baby. That's just the brain cancer. You can't catch what I got. Is it? it makes me yeah. stronger. Don't worry. It's one of those tumors. 
Some people have the brain cancer on the brain. Well, mine shows up on my lips and genitals. <laughs> I have a cream that lets it go away, but it's it's called brain tumor cream. Yeah. <laughs> this Don't worry about that, baby girl. <laughs> Don't worry. Sometimes my brain cancer makes my urine. <laughs> So wrong. So stupid. (laughs) Joe Exotic, love him. Who do we love more than Joe Exotic? But Jesse Smollett. Mm. Oh yeah. Famously, he faked a mugging because somehow that would get him more Hollywood money. Let me just say one thing about Jesse Smollett. Good producing. He produced a a good fake event. He just didn't do the follow up, which is another problem. The bad producing. Well, he didn't cast it very well. No. Well, so, that's so, what I'm so, saying, yeah. So if the, if the plot of the, your event is about being attacked by white supremacists, uh, the, the worst, I think, casting you could possibly do is two jacked Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two I mean, guys yeah. that look like Adam B.C. from Oz. And he's like, yeah. it's like, it's like the blackest guys I'd ever seen. <laughs> This is true that he did. He should have went back to casting. This is why we should be casting authentically for characters, folks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. White, yeah. White people were mad. They were like, "Hey, man, white ta- supremacist roles is the last thing we got. You yeah. can't be cast at Nigerians <laughs> <laughs> taking our roles." <laughs> Santos faked a mugging for sympathy from his landlord to whom he was not paying rent. What? <laughs> what? I'm do that? I'm gonna do this. Let me just say that again. Santos faked a mugging for sympathy from his landlord to whom he was not paying rent. Inspired artistry. So what had happened was I had withdrawn <laughs> the entire amount of my rent uh, from an ATM. and was carried in my pocket. And then these two big Nigerian guys came out and put a MAGA hat on me and took my rent money. And I, you know, I had it in cash. I usually carry my, my checkbook with me, but it was straight cash, $2,250. You exactly. understand. Not to yeah. bring up another Eddie Murphy movie, but Coming to America, when he goes into the apartment building for the first time and he's going up the steps with the landlord and the one guy rolls down the steps. <laughs> yeah, it's George Santos. <laughs> That's George Santos. <laughs> oh, you can't. <laughs> Just starts yelling at him like, what are you doing? You have to, you have to pay your rent. So Santos claimed he was mugged on his way to pay $2,250 in back rent, as claimed in a sworn statement filed in connection with his eviction in 2017. What a sworn statement? Who gives a shit anymore with his sworn statements? The NYPD, of course, has no record of the mugging taking place, despite Santos saying he went to the police. I mean, if there's one thing the NYPD will do is fill out a form. I mean, will they? I don't it, know. No, they won't even. Do I that. take that back. They will I stop and frisk. They will. <laughs> the other mugging. Let's just settle. Let's just pause. Pause on that. The other mugging he claimed to have <laughs> been victim of was in the summer of 2021 by two men who robbed him of his watch, briefcase, because he's definitely a briefcase guy. Yeah, for sure. And shoes at the corner of 55th Street and 5th Avenue in Manhattan. Everything about that statement is a crime that happened in 1990. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like none of that, none of that has happened in the like 2000s. There are no men with briefcase. There's nobody being robbed at 55th and 5th Avenue by muggers. Are you kidding take me? Take off your shoes. Like, yeah, take off yeah, your shoes. Yeah, take off your shoes. Like what, what are you talking about? This is, this is, that is, mad. if I were the police, I'd go get out of my face with that story. Yo. And 55th Street and 5th Avenue. First of all, 5th Avenue up there is where all the fancy shops are. Yes. So yeah, cameras everywhere. What? It, yeah, you get robbed in front of the Gucci store, in front of 8 million tourists and like luxury apartment owners. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an insane. And there's never not intense levels of foot traffic with witnesses. So many uh, people. On 5th Avenue. Also, yeah. summer of 2021. It, it's daytime till like 8 o'clock. So it's, yeah. it's going to be light outside. Unless you are walking around at 11 o'clock at night or 10, 12 midnight with a briefcase and a and looking like a target. What and if? all of those luxury stores have intense levels of video surveillance. It would be yeah. the worst. No mugger would pick that neighborhood because no it's one. all on camera. I've yeah. No, okay. What oh, God. if Wait a George minute. Santos is just a performance artist and he's trying to make us like, right. see that it's all just lies you know and if you just believe in his lies then you can be a part of whatever he's got going on so i i've decided as of this moment that he's a performance artist he's making art this I is think, art yeah. no it's it's the need to be prestige again too because it's like yeah oh yeah i was of course at 55th and 5th avenue when the reality of the story was like where this mugging occurs it's like i was in the abandoned warehouse district out of coming out of like house of yes and bushwick and a, guy, <laughs> a guy jumped me on a dark corner it's like that's like a believable story yeah but this guy like oh yeah i was coming out of uh you know tavern on the green and i got <laughs> jumped it's like well yeah. but what if he is just like he's actually been an MFA student this whole time? Yeah, this is his like thesis. This is what I project. choose to believe. This, this is, is what it. I choose to believe. This is it. This is it for me. The fact that he joined the Trump movement is so good because it, but it is both the whole thing. It's just like just lie your entire life, and if no one ever holds you accountable, just like keep going and see how far it goes. Yeah, that's what I mean. And there's it, there's something to that. Yeah, and like the fact that it ends in like Washington actually should say something about our society, right? Uh, any society that's self-critical is like, how does a Donald Trump and a George Santos make it all the way to the top? You know, yeah, fifty-fifth and fifth Ave with a briefcase. <laughs> when pressed on the specifics, George offered, "quote Before anyone asks, they weren't black; they were white, but they robbed me." Hmm. Hmm. And that's that's another specific. It's just. Uh, this didn't happen. I know, but it, but it's like the what's the rationale of making them like? He's like, I want to be sure that they're not black. You know why he did that though? I'm trying to kind of work through his head. I think I think he doesn't want to accuse him of being black because then if anyone doubts his claims, they would investigate it more. But if you say I got robbed by white guys, nobody will look into it. Mm, artistry. Yeah. So the the, the the kind of misdirection of just like. Mm -hmm. You can't use the I'm making this up as part of the racist angle thing. I'm going to go out and get ahead of that. I'm going to say they're white guys. So then it's like, uh, it's well, also that, a specific detail. Yeah. yeah. That, yes. that gets your attention on something else. Mm hmm. Look over here. It's a white guy. He's wearing my shoes. Look over there. Look out for this white guy. He's got my briefcase. Because he, he, he didn't know NYPD will actually pull in a bunch of, like any black guy that was around 55th and 5th, they put them all in the lineup. And then just like <laughs> a bunch of black guys like, man, we've never seen this motherfucker in our lives. <laughs> Do you think we would rob for a briefcase? Are you out of your mind? Yeah. 
what year do you think this is? <laughs> it's just a bunch of bad checks and like puppy collars in the briefcase. <laughs> and then who's this white guy robbing for a briefcase? Too? Yeah. Like, where, like where, where is he from? Like, like, hey, man, I'm a crazy meth addict. Uh, but for some reason, I'm in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> All right, homegirl Rachel Maddow plays uh, some audio from a Brazilian podcast where George Santos talks about when he was attacked. This also covers the mugging, um, and there was an apparent assassination attempt. <laughs> <laughs> now, J- now James Earl Ray is involved. <laughs> so. Oh my God! The interviews in Portuguese, so maybe uh, maybe I'll dub over this, but let's see. Let's go to the clip. In January 2021, my home was vandalized. My husband and I had to. My husband and I had gone to a New Year's Eve party in 2020 in Florida. I'm going to a New Year's Eve party with my husband. We go back to our house. It was vandalized. And also December 2020. In that like lockdown, like not go to party time. Yeah. That is definitely, yeah. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to a huge New Year's Eve party. When they're like, stop, don't see your own family. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, uh, play, keep, keep going. I'll play it from here. I'm going to a New Year's Eve party with my husband. We go back to our house. It was vandalized because we were at a Republican party in Florida in December 2020. So that's it. I've experienced vandalism. We have already suffered an attempt on my life, an assassination attempt. <laughs> A threatening letter, having to have the police escort, having to have the police, a police escort standing in front of our house. In summer of 2021, in the middle of Fifth Avenue with the 55th Street, I was mugged by two men. Before asking any questions, they weren't black, they were they were even white, but they robbed me. Took my briefcase, took my shoes and my watch, and that was in broad daylight. It was 3 p.m. I was leaving my office, going to the garage, getting my car, and I was mugged. My house was assaulted. The question, they saw your shoes in the middle of Fifth Avenue? Yes, in the middle of Fifth Avenue. That wasn't the worst of it. Nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. <laughs> the fear is real. It's surreal what we lived through here. <laughs> He's lecturing Brazilians on how dangerous New York City is. Oh, my God. He's like, I just want to let the people of Rio know that 55th in Manhattan really is a really tough place to be. The wasteland. You get mugged yeah, by yeah. white men even. Can you believe it? Yeah. Okay. That, but the fact that you said that to a Brazilian audience is actually Makes now sense. I know why, why yeah. he, now why he added that racial detail. He's, that, he's trying to uh, play up how bad New York City is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even the white people will rob you for your shoes. Yep. In the middle of Manhattan, nobody does anything. If a white, if I saw a white businessman with a briefcase being robbed by white people for his shoes on Fifty Fifth and Fifth, do you know how viral a cell phone video that would? Have oh been? my god! But also, Broad it daylight. makes sense. No video. I, I'm saying it makes sense that now this is a, a Portuguese Brazilian uh, yeah. uh, interview. Like, if this yeah. was an American interview, oh, we could yeah. all call bullshit immediately. But if you're saying this to people that have not maybe not been here or don't know any better, they're like, "Yeah, that sounds." Right. You're you're naming numbers of streets. That sounds legit. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
And before anybody asks, it's like nobody, maybe nobody's going to ask that, but it, it's like, it is like a commentary on Latin American racism mm-hmm. that he included mm-hmm. that, that, that detail, right? Yep, like for sure. He's good at this. He's not new to this. He's true to this. Georgie <laughs> Santos. All right. Here's another one for you. The Steve Ranazizi fraud. We all know him, the comedian. <laughs> I don't know if you know if I said his name right, but uh, he he made the weirdest lie of all time up. I remember back in season one, Justin, we were thinking about doing an episode on this, but there just wasn't enough. But he claimed yeah. to have been in the World Trade Center when it was attacked. <laughs> and then he said it, and then he said it for years after it. You just got to stick with the lie. You have to. You have to. You have to. It's like the craziest lie. And by the way, that guy was not nice to me when I was at the comedy store. I was a comedian, so fuck him. Then he started closing his uh, hour-long sets with it. That's what I thought was weird. He's like, I was in the World Trade Center when he got hit. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. I'll be at Burbank next week. I'll be selling CDs in the back. (laughs) So we know about George Santos, about pretending his mom was a 9-11 victim. But did you know that he also claimed to know the victims of another large terrorist attack. Santos claimed that four people, quote, that were going to be coming to work for the company that I was starting up in Orlando. Basically, that means we haven't started their paperwork, so there's no way to prove me wrong. Right? Mm-hmm. Even if there was, who's going to stop them? Like, even, yeah, that's like if a plane crashes with, like, supermodels on it, and I'm like... I actually lost a lot of people that were getting ready to become my side chicks today. So if you could please. Moment of silence for me. (laughs) Yeah. And as much as I hate to do it, we got to go back to Pierce Morgan because he does ask George Santos about the Pulse shooting and this claim. In an interview um, with New York Public Radio following your election, you said you lost four employees in the Pulse nightclub mass shooting. Take a trip to water, George. reported on that. It was horrendous. Uh, but none of the 49 victims at that Orlando club worked at any of the companies that you've named in your biography. You said you lost four employees. Th- not, those are the not, people. Not, not four people who, who worked for you, four employees. Bad choice of words, and I'm not <laughs> the only one guilty yeah. of that, but that's essentially the, the raw story of what happened. But no one could find any connection between any of the 49 victims and any of your companies. So where, where is the evidence for that? I, I would... Venture calling the company and, and asking them the, on the, the people, record. The media have done that. No, they haven't. They haven't been able to, to attain any contact with the company. Well, nobody can find any evidence that it's true. Like I said, I'm, I'm reporting based on uh, what was reported to us that morning. So as a person that has employees, you will always remember who your employees are. He could have There's also yeah. said not their names. He could have been like, yeah, yeah Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, you know, yeah. he could have like rattled them off. But like, yeah, they were my yeah. four employees that I loved very much. Like could have just... Said what a that. normal human would have said. He just said, yeah, those were the people. <laughs> They're in there. They're in the Four list. People. Oh, man. All right. Gosh, Doug. All right. So then we've also got, you guys remember in 2020, there was this Trump supporter who claimed that BLM had burned his house down in graffiti the rest of his property. <laughs> uh, I do remember the graffiti. I don't remember burning the house down. Well, it's all it So long ago. Yeah. George claimed that his house was also vandalized in late 2020. He and his husband had been attending a party celebrating Republicans in Florida. And when they returned, they discovered something, you know, who knows? His house had been vandalized in a way that no one knows any details of. There's no police record. The landlord claimed that when Santos moved out of the apartment in 2022, 
there were $17,000 in damages that had been caused. Pretty sure this normal wear and tear for the old George Santos, though, isn't it? You know, guys, this is smart. This one uh, is I. if you're being a Republican, right, and you're trying to get people against Black Lives Matter and you hear a story like the guy who got his house burned down, you just also piggyback on that so that now when someone hears that, they're like, oh, this happens all the time. It's happened yeah. to, to George Santos. It happens constantly because they only heard two instances where it happened. So it, it didn't actually really happen. But this is smart. This is a good one. You're supposed to file a fucking police report if you want to get the money back because you submit that to insurance and then they send you $17,000. But if you don't and just say that it was getting vandalized, then you're just kind of using an excuse to account for the $17,000 of damage you did in your home. But then you get it's, the sympathy of the people. and This is like a 14-year-old kid lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. It's also like the like white lady in like the South lie from yeah. the 1950s. He went and he went up there and got the Schiffer robe down for me. <laughs> I, I, when, 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 when my husband went out of town to the market, he assaulted me. All right. So these last two are, are my favorites. The campaign loan scam. All right. <laughs> Jeez, there's more. There's more. There's we so got many. two more. There's two more. The Santos campaign. I mean, the, the next ones we're going to talk about talking GOP. Think about the ones we don't know. I know. The ones that haven't been reported yet. Yeah. The unknown unknowns. Mm-hmm. Santos cam the Santos campaign reported in April 2022 that the candidate lent his own campaign more than seven hundred thousand dollars. But in an update to the report, they unmarked a box that had originally indicated that five hundred thousand dollars of those loans came from Santos's personal funds. But in filings from later in 2022, the box remains unchecked. So that means he initially said. He lent his campaign half a million dollars of his own money. But then he said it wasn't his own money. But that money is still in the campaign coffers. Jordan Leibowitz, a spokesperson for Citizens for Responsible and Ethics in Washington. <laughs> this guy's got long days, I'm sure. A yeah. nonprofit watchdog group said, quote, I have never been this confused looking at an FEC filing. <laughs> <laughs> In, in, in an industry full of like, you know, like corruption and stuff like that. He's like, even this takes the cake. In a separate amended report, another $125,000 loan that Mr. Santos gave to his campaign on October 26th similarly had an unchecked box suggesting that it did not come from his personal funds either. The Federal Election Bureau commonly sends letters to campaigns with correction requests, although the number of letters they sent to Santos's campaign was unusual. This is from the New York Times now. <laughs> Quote, Before last year, Mr. Santos had already lent his campaign $80,000, according to the campaign filings. He then gave his campaign $500,000 on March 31st, 2022, and another $125,000 on October 26th. Okay. The half a million dollar loan in March is reported on all six campaign filings that Mr. Santos had been required to submit so far this year as well as on the amended versions his campaign filed on Tuesday. Nearly all of the filings indicate that the $500,000 came from his personal funds. The one exception is the amended filing for the first quarter of 2022. Okay, just to be clear, he's sending money into the campaign. Money is going into the campaign. And then he is saying that it's personal, but then not filling in on the form that it's personal. 
So then there's a question of where is this money coming from? Back to the New York Times, clarity over the $125,000 loan in October was also lacking. In a campaign filing after the election, Mr. Santos gave little information about the loan. But in the amended filing from Tuesday, Mr. Santos's campaign did not check the box indicating that the $125,000 came from his personal funds. If the candidate's personal wealth wasn't the source of the loan, then what was? The only permissible source would be a bank, and they would require a collateral for a loan this size. If a bank wasn't source of funds, then the only alternatives are illegal sources. So hmm. why do I like this so much? Because if you go back to last season where we talk about Ted Cruz and we had Lawrence Lessig on to talk about this uh, Supreme Court case that Ted Cruz uh, argued, you can loan unlimited amounts of money to your campaign and then get paid back by donors after the election for as long as you want. So this is a, a very transparent way to circumvent campaign finance laws and get paid back in any form you want at any amount of time. Like, I, I don't know if that's clear, but that is insane. That's the craze. That is, and that's, that is just basic campaign finance law right now that we have that you can do that's what i mean it's he, it's it's made for him and he's just taking advantage of it is that so wrong legally <laughs> so like al-qaeda could give him a million dollars and he could put a million he could be like i'm gonna loan this million dollars into the campaign and then after he wins he could ask donors to pay him a million dollars to pay back the money that he lent his campaign. He could take that from other contributions. So not only does he get to finance his campaign with illegal funds, he gets to get paid back. And so he's making money. He's literally making this money. Yeah. Well, I'm in the wrong biz, man. I, I might know. have to I might I might have become a Republican for Congress. We're all got we're all running as Republicans. This yeah. is it. Season five. I'm inspired. We're all running. We're taking down the libs on season five. <laughs> taking down oh the libs God. and opening up our PayPal to just anybody. Go to PayPal. Get the cash app. We got to do that app. cash app. My Venmo, whatever. Whoever is going to pay me, I all of them are open. Whatever vitriolic thing you want us to say. Yes. Whatever misinformation you want us to spread out there, such as COVID comes from um, the White House. Yeah. I will. I will say that for money. What should our campaign be? Like, what should our core campaign biographies be? Uh, I want money. That's my biography. I count, I collect coins and count them. <laughs> yeah. Cena's family had to leave Iran because Black Lives Matter burned down his family. <laughs> uh, I had to leave the black community because I disagreed with socialism. Yeah. And so I had to be so and mm -hmm. I, I and I and my Christianity brought me to real America. Ariel, we got to fit. What would be your the black uh, Hebrew Israelites said that I was a half breed. And so now yeah. I only go for my white half. There you go. But you'd have to say black Hebrew Israelites who are also mainstream Democrats. Yes. Like yes. 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 Okay, so here's here's the best thing this man's ever done besides uh, Kitara Havachi. <laughs> In Long Island, he was on cable access on a show called Talking GOP. 
Talking GOP is like talking dead, but with the GOP. Okay. Do we get it? (laughs) (laughs) He did it for a few months during the campaign from January to May of 2020. It has soft little drag race season one filter on it. It doesn't seem very well edited, but we do have some some episodes. So we'll just play some of it now. This is a clip from Talking GOP of George with co-host Gabriel Montalvo. Montalvo? Yeah. Incredible music. Yeah, really just... I'm feeling very patriotic. Hi, everyone. We're back with another Talking GOP. I'm your host, George Santos. And today we're going to be talking Mm -hmm. about a very burdensome topic, which is petitioning. Yes, petitioning. That very annoying, difficult duty and task that you have to door knock and walk electoral districts, assembly districts. But wait, too much information? Not You don't know what I'm saying, what I'm talking about. Well, it was that same complacency that led to the blue puddle in 2018. Joined with me here is my co-host, Gabriel Montalvo. Hi, how are you? Happy to be uh, here again, gracing your screens once more. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> it's becoming a real thing. We are, we're getting recognized in events locally, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, um, you I autographed somebody's constitution, <laughs> pocket constitution, which I was completely mm-hmm. caught off guard with and I thought was pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, somebody wants my autograph. <laughs> pause. Pause. <laughs> yeah, pause. I'm wondering pause. how he was able to get this far without being charismatic at all. Yeah. He's got oh. no charisma. Nothing. And isn't the thing I like about right wingers to where it's all about keywords. It's never about the actual, like what they're actually doing. It's like signing the constitution that you had nothing to do with is actually a profoundly disrespectful act. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's like, it's like turning your American flag into your shirt and stuff like all that stuff is like violations of us flag code. You're not supposed to be doing that, but it's just like, I signed the constitution. It's like, why? Yeah. Why did you do that to a copy of the constitution? It was well. It was a keychain, to be fair. And the glee that he has from getting an autograph and not like he never shows this much excitement yeah. about any sort of congressional work that he's doing I've about getting an autograph. Though his face moves so much. So this much. is this before the Botox? Yeah, yeah. On this show, and I think that's what we should focus on. You know, socks. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, like I, I, I should like plug whoever. I buy socks from and they should be paying me because I'm always wearing some funky socks. So are you. And yeah. uh, we have guests that, who, who, who've done it. So it's, yeah, now we know what to, now how to brand ourselves. Yeah, we're the socks guys that talk about politics. Pretty much. <laughs> this is some really hardcore policy discussion. I want to see him mostly on like Bravo. I want to see him on What Which what Happens Live. I want to yeah. see him on like a guest on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like I think he would really do well with that. And if he leans into that and goes the total opposite way, I think we can save him. He he will be on the like the surreal life if they're still doing. Yes, that. he's not savable. He doesn't want to be saved. Yeah, but but I think he can be because you could still continue to lie. Like if we had a Real Housewives kind of situation that he could be in. Oh my god! I mean, he could be Real Housewives of the GOP in a Real Housewives situation. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, I would, I would absolutely watch him. I would. 
All right, let's go to it. Do we have some more stuff in here? Porth and smidges of Smithtown, which if I'm not completely entirely mistaken, there are some farmlands out there. Oh, wow. There are farmers in my district, not large commercial farms, but, right. you know, mom and pop farms. And, and right. You know, <laughs> how it's do you, a huge landmass. How do you think? How do you take the the same things that are happening out in Suffolk mm -hmm. to what's going on in Queens and put them in one district? And right. how do you make it work? Door knocking to just to answer your question. Mm -hmm. I will door knock as many houses and as many people as possible. It is never enough. People have to meet the candidate. The more they see you, right. the chances are of you getting elected are bigger. And, and I learned this from one elector once, Gabriel. Mm -hmm. I I spoke with a avid staunch Republican once that said I was forced to vote for Hillary Clinton for senator because she knocked on my door to ask for my vote and shook wow. my hand. Wow. So that's, it's that connection that people really seek to be of the people. Absolutely. That's not really, really what forced is. <laughs> <laughs> I was forced. That's she not, forced my hand. That's not the meaning yeah. of the word forced. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and I like how the ultimate it's like I like how Hillary Clinton is still like uses the ultimate boogeyman. They're using that in like Trump's defense now. Mm. Like they're just like they don't actually even have anything. They're just like, well, Hillary Clinton. Am I right? Yeah. It's just like I, it's funny how she represents like the ultimate like final boss of a video game to them, even <laughs> though she's like hasn't done anything. In years in years, yeah, she's, she's just been sitting, sitting at home chilling, eating her food. <laughs> yeah. And they just keep bringing her up. This other guy's is he Latino? Like so it's like a he Brazilian. Seems Latino. And there's a Latino and now there's a black man. It, 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 this is very much the Queen's Republican Party. Oh yeah. Cause that story in West Virginia goes a different way where Hillary Clinton knocks on yeah. a rural man's door. Not, <laughs> Hillary Clinton ain't gonna be the one. Yeah. I was forced to shoot Hillary Clinton <laughs> yeah. knocking on my door. <laughs> she forced my hand. I had no choice. <laughs> forced my hand to my 12 gauge. All right, go ahead. Let's play this one. On behalf of Talking GOP and my host sitting next to me, George Santos, I would like to introduce Fernando Acosta. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> How Fernando. Are you? <laughs> yeah, that's the name. Is it Fernando or Fernando? Well, oh my Spanish. God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome on the show. Thank Thanks you. for joining us. Thank it's you, always a you. pleasure to see you. You're like the happiest Republican I've ever met. Like, oh, that's a bold statement. It, you are, though, because you're always so warming positive. and welcome and positive. And I have never heard. And I mean this, I, and I, we've we've spoken a great deal about it. Trust well, me. I mean, it's a good investment. From the day we first met him, remember? Yes. It's like you're like this all-around good guy. Everybody likes you. You're fun. You can turn out dance moves. I've seen that on Instagram oh, and on Jesus. Facebook. <laughs> you're Is there any policy on the yeah. show? <laughs> you're, We're you're, just talking you're shit. Like the, uh, yeah, yeah. This is like a mutual admiration society. Of an example that minority, whatever you want to label yourself, those labels do us no service. You're such a great guy. So tell you're us a little bit black. more about you. Is that what you're trying to say? He surpassed that. You're not black. Yeah. How did you become beyond a Republican? That, that's actually what's like pressing in my mind. I've never asked. So let's share with so everyone. So why not do it in a TV studio? Yeah, right now. <laughs> okay. Forget the bar. Just come to the TV studio. Okay, I like that. We can do the bar afterwards when I make fun of it. Oh, of course. Fair <laughs> and enough. We dissect it. Right. right. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, what can I say? Um, I would say my whole Republican journey started mm, probably in high school, 20, 20. This guy, Fernando Costa, is the no, state director of the Black Conservative no, no, six, Federation yeah. of so there, New York. I started reading about the Constitution, reading Ron Paul. Hey, nice. 
once Ron Paul came about. He just licked like, his oh, lips oh, after he said reading see. Ron Paul. <laughs> um, however, he was a libertarian. Um, and I actually became, I was a registered libertarian. You were? Yeah, fun oh. fact for my libertarian friends out there, I was a libertarian. Um, everything else came to bits. We saw 2008 and how powerful the Barack Obama election was. However, I didn't vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> then what was powerful about it? It was powerful enough that he got everyone else fooled. That's okay. how I, that's, it's powerful. That's a fair All right, I can't watch this anymore. I love that George Santos laughs at Barack Obama's election in 2008. He's like, what was such a big deal about that? And like, even Fernando Acosta, who's supposed to be this post-racial black conservative, is like, yeah, man, that was like a huge deal. <laughs> like, what you talk, like what are you talking about like are you not from earth <laughs> the black guy getting elected president of the united states is kind of a, a huge deal i don't know if you've read about this country like i disagree with them yeah that was like that was actually classic black conservative response remember when like they had like condoleezza rice and like colin powell mm. give statements they were like not necessarily our guy but we just want to recognize that this is a huge deal this is a big moment proud of it yeah yeah this is a big moment yeah <laughs> All right. I, this is now three hours of George Santos we've done for our fans here. Thank you guys so much for listening. I think we're going to do an update episode once we find out about the indictment and maybe when this gets litigated a little bit more, uh, we'll come back to him. But Ariel, I just want to check in. I'm just checking. In. Well, you know, he had me in the first half and he then did. he lost me a little with the, the puppy scams. But he got me back. <laughs> he did get me back when I got to see um, Georgie pre-glow up Georgie yeah. wearing a ill-fitting v-neck and blazer on talking GOP uh, no Botox just like flirting with men on his TV show I'm like super into it so I'm, I'm back on board I'm willing to ignore the puppy stuff <laughs> to get back on board with George oh, Santos yeah. quote me on that turn, turn the other way on the turning the other stuff. cheek on the puppy stuff not as fun as all of the other lies all right. Justin, do you have any feelings? Listen, people that have no shame, like, you know, like I have so much shame to where if yeah. I would ever, even if I got away with one of these things, it's not saying I'm a good person. I just have shame. Mm. Like I mean, most people have shame. Yep. Uh, to, it's, it's just crazy to me to see someone that has no shame. Like what? it doesn't, it doesn't, none of it clicks. There's nothing low down. And how do you stop a person with no shame? It, it's, you can't. And you that's can't. the beauty of it. You cannot stop him. He will not be stopped. He will oh. not be stopped. You, you just become thankful that they're not a murderer. Yeah, like that's, I am that's, thankful that's for that. Yet. No, yeah. no, not my Georgie. <laughs> not my Georgie. Uh, that should be on the t-shirt now. We got, <laughs> not my Georgie. Make sure you check out our Choose Chaos t-shirts on Fraudsters FM on our merch page. <laughs> we got a little George Santos homage there. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Fraudsters. Please leave us a review while you read these credits about how you laughed and cringed during this episode. Then keep the conversation going on Twitter and Instagram at FraudstersLPN. Follow me and Ariel on Twitter at Cena Now and Ariel Lieti at Ariel Lieti. Follow Justin on Instagram at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. Check out the show notes to see the resources we use for this episode. Fraudsters is hosted by me, Cena Gastonby, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Fraudsters is produced by Jordan Aconcia. Written by Nick Turner and edited by Ryan Connor. Noreen Malik is our production coordinator. Research was provided by Patrick Fisher. Legal research by Robert Rosigliano. Music by Grant Gordon. The executive producer is me, Cena Gazemi. This has been a production of Zero Cool and The Last Podcast Network. 